Fellowship with our announcements about things that are happening in the life and ministry of the church. And you have the announcement sheet. And uh, for some of you, probably the most important thing is the very first sentence on that sheet. And that aunt is that Ann Duncan is off on vacation this week. Um, and she is at a place, she is at her camp, her family camp, um, where there is no uh, internet. And so Good. she will not be able to uh, read your emails and respond to you, nor get your phone calls or things like that. Um, so if there's something pressing, something urgent that you need, uh, please let me know. You can, um, as always, you can call me on my cell phone, which you have the number, and you can send me a text, you can send me an email, you can even leave a message on the church phone, either the office phone or my phone. Um, if there is a need for something, uh, just let us know. And I would encourage you that if you have announcements that need to go in next week's bulletin, uh, the sooner the better would be really great. Um, because, uh, just because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. There are certain things I'm a professional at. There are other things that I just do in a passing way. Um, and that's one of them. Uh, so please keep note of that. But note the other things, <laughs> the needs of the food pantry. Um, they are in need of many things. Um, and as we are seeing in the news, it is only getting worse in many places. Um, there are many places where um, now, uh, now that the first of the month has happened, where people have had to move out, and because they don't know where they're going, they have had to leave most of their possessions, including their furniture. Mm -hmm. which ends up in dumpsters. Um, and so there are some very, very important things happening in our world that we need to keep in prayer, but also be considering how we as a congregation uh, can meet some particular needs and things. Uh, I'd let you know that um, the session is meeting this Tuesday evening. Uh, for their monthly meetings, so keep the session in your prayers. And um, again, Bible study on Monday is uh, taking a little break for the summer, a little see you in September. So uh, note that, and we'll be getting back to things. Um, midday prayer and evening uh, prayer on Wednesday evening, midday prayer for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday will happen. Um, this week, I was not feeling really together on Tuesday and woke up at about 1230 and went about my business and about three in the afternoon, realized I had missed midday prayer and uh, then and said, okay, Wednesday, I'll get it. And Wednesday, I came here and Noon came and passed, and it was 12.30, and I had missed midday prayer again. Um, so it is firmly uh, tattooed on the inside of my eyelid at this point in time. Uh, so I cannot uh, forget it this week. Uh, but you're very welcome to join us for any of those. And indeed, invite your friends and neighbors to participate in um, all of these sorts of activities. It's a wonderful way of, uh, of being an outlet. Uh, in the world, in, especially in this time. Dear friends, I invite you to prepare yourselves to be in worship of God. Debbie. We come here to draw water. Thirsty for new life. Thirsty for new life. 
We come here to draw water. Bringing our past and our present, our messy truths and our deepest scars. We come here to draw water. Carrying shame and in need of grace. Fortunately for us, God always meets us at the well. So breathe deeply and drink up. God is here. The water is clean. Let us worship God. Let us approach God with our confession. Let us pray. Like the woman at the well, so often are unraveled by shame. We carry shame for broken relationships. We carry shame for being unable to balance work and parenting, tithing and bills, productivity and Sabbath. We get stuck in the comparison game and in critical self-monologues, consumed with a nagging feeling that we should be able to do more. Forgive us for getting that we are made in your image. Forgive us for forgetting that you see us and love us as we are. Unravel the shame that unravels us. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the good news of God's grace. Though we are sin were sinners, Christ died for us. Though we were enemies of God, God loved us. Once we were lost and dead, now Christ has become our life and salvation. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Let us sing with joy.
this morning is John 4, 1 through 29. Jesus realized that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he and John performed, although his disciples, not Jesus, did the actual baptizing. They had posted the score that Jesus was ahead, turning him and John into rivals in the eyes of the people. So Jesus left the Judean countryside and went back to Galilee. To get there, he had to pass through Samaria. He came to Sychar, a Samaritan village that bordered the field Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was still there. Jesus, worn out by the trip, sat down by the well. It was noon. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The Samaritan woman, taken aback, asked, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dead talking to Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. The woman said, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it? He and his sons and livestock and passed it down to us. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artisan's spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so that I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to this well again. He said, go call your husband and then come back. I have no husband, she said. That is nicely put. I have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the man you are living with now isn't even your husband. You spoke the truth there, sure enough. Oh, so you're a prophet. Well, tell me this. Our ancestors worshiped God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place for worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship guessing in the dark. We Jews worship in the clear light of day. God's way of salvation is made available through the Jews. But the time is coming, it has in fact come, when what you are called will not matter, and where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out, look, out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. The woman said, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we will get the whole story. I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. 
Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. The woman took the hint and left. In her confusion, she left her water pot. Back in the village, she told the people, come see a man who knew all about the things I did, who knows me inside and out. Do you think that this could be the Messiah? The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Be to God. <coughs> I don't Friends, know will you join me in prayer? Okay. Oh, yes, Debbie. I, I didn't see any children. I didn't Sorry. either. I know that... Yeah. There's one child there. Where? Are you I talking think... about me? No, no, I'm not talking about Pete. <laughs> oh, I didn't say the Pete. O'Neils. Said the O'Neills are on. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, oh, there yeah. you are. Hi. <laughs> Um, how are you? So I had just thought when Mrs. Sarbello asked us about the group of people that she meets with and talks about special things, and Pastor Janice reminded us about all of the groups of people that we haven't been able to get together with, and I thought, you know what? I bet you I could call some of my friends. I could call somebody that I know and that I care about and just talk with them for a little while and so that they know that I'm thinking of them and that I care about them and love them just like God loves us. So that's what I think I'm going to do this way. This week is I'm going to think of a friend I can call and talk to on the phone and share the fact that I love them. Janice? Wonderful. I think that's a great idea for all of us um, is to be aware of, uh, of the folks around. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, creator of heaven and earth, out of deep waters you brought us to birth, claimed us as children of wonder and worth, Oh God of deep flowing water. When you have to go to the well, when other women aren't present, your life is probably unraveling. When you choose to go to the well at noon, that hottest time of the day with the sun beating down on you just so that you can be sure that you will not run into any other women at the well, your life is probably pretty much already unraveled. And this is the Samaritan woman's life. It may seem to be a strange thing, but she hasn't even met Jesus yet, and her life is unraveled. Just wait until she meets him and think of what may happen. 
But you know, Jesus sets out at noon as well. Jesus is out in the middle of the day, in the middle of the heat, at the well of the ancestors, looking for water. And in that day, it is not a man's job to toss the bucket down the well or to hand over fist the rope down into the water and draw up a bucket full of water. Water is women's work. And to this day, in places all around the world, especially in Africa, water is still women's work, as women are the ones who walk kilometers to get to water sources that are somewhat clean, to be able to have water for the day's jobs, for the tasks, for the chores. So Jesus is looking for water and asks the woman to draw it. Now, Samaritans were historically close to the Jews. They were very similar in many ways and in, even in some of their faith practices. But they were not good friends. They were strange bedfellows, we might say. Their ways of worshiping God were different than the Jews. And so the Samaritans were often scorned and ridiculed. And that's why, that's why that story that we always just take at face value, the good Samaritan. Well, friends, that's a play on words because there was no such thing to the Jews as a good Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans were different. And undoubtedly, it was easy for them to see the difference in one another. And so Jesus not only is traveling in an area he should not be traveling in, but he asks a woman he should not be having conversation with to get him some water. He asks a Samaritan and a woman in Samaria for a cup of water. Can she get any lower? As if we didn't know her life was unraveled already. Now she tells a man who should know better that she's no one to get water for him. He shouldn't even be asking her. 
And then as Jesus does, he talks with her. He talks about what brings her here at the height of the hot day. He asks about her family. And when she says she doesn't have any, he says, well, that's true, because you have five husbands who aren't yours anymore, and the one you're with now isn't really your husband. And I can't imagine how much hotter her face could get in the middle of the day knowing that someone has called her out. Noticing that someone has seen her, her life and called her on it. Why does she have so many husbands? We don't know. Is it, is it simply because she was divorced so many times? Well, you know that a man could divorce a woman because she burned his dinner the night before. Is it because she was barren? Not being able to provide that male offspring. And male was important. Not being able to provide that. Was she quietly divorced? Was it simply, simply, that her husband had died? And so the next brother did what he had to and married her, only to find himself dying, and so on and so on. Jesus sees her truth, whatever it might be. And he just states it. He doesn't offer a judgment on it. He doesn't say something is right or is wrong. He just lets her know that he knows her life is unraveling. And that soon nothing but strands of fiber will be left where she has stood. So why not? She engages him. She engages Jesus right there beside the well. Jesus, the man who says that he is the living water. The woman engages him. And together they have a conversation. A conversation about worship. About where is the appropriate place for the people of God to worship. We worship here, she says. You worship on another place. Where is the right place? And Jesus says, you know, you're right. Some do worship here and some do worship there. 
But there's going to come the day. There is going to come the day where it doesn't matter where you worship. I had to laugh at this passage this week. That it doesn't matter where we worship because I'm sitting here in the sanctuary. You're sitting in your homes, in your vacation homes. Some of you have got your knitting in front of you. I can see you, Nancy. <laughs> Some of you are taking naps, and that's okay, too. And in a few weeks, we're going to try possibly coming back to worship in this space. At least some of us. The rest of us will be on Zoom because we're going to continue to do that. We're continuing to figure out all of these things about how to do this stuff. But Jesus says, there will be a day that it doesn't matter where you are when you worship God. What matters is who you are and what you bring to God. If you honestly bring your whole self to God, it matters not where you are when we gather together. Now I know some will say, well, then that gives me absolute permission to go out and do the back nine on Sunday morning. And you know that if you do that, your hole in one will never be able to be told to the rest of us. But the woman at the well upon hearing what Jesus says to her, runs back to her village. This woman who avoids everyone else like the plague because of her life situation, runs back and tells them, I have met the most incredible person and you need to come and meet him too. She leaves her water with Jesus and runs back with great excitement to tell Jesus more are coming and to tell those who are coming this is he. This is the one of whom it was written. And you can't do that alone. Many of you have read of churches that have come back together and have become epicenters of COVID-19. And those that come back and decide to sing and have spread the disease and so many other things. And you need to know that there has been a task force of the session that has been meeting and planning for our gathering together. And 
what it means, everything from the social distancing before you come in to washing your hands to sanitizing your hands as you come in and making sure that you have your own mask for the duration of worship. And that we will be listening to the hymns and not singing them. So that we might be in a place, a place that is familiar, a place where we indeed put down the bucket and draw water. It is a place where today we take bread and cup, God's gifts to us in Christ, and say to one another, look, the bread of life and the cup of salvation. This is a day when the simple act of this meal shared together virtually begins to mend our souls and our spirits as God's living water brushes over us in the waters of baptism and indeed every time we wash our hands or take a shower or step into the rain or step into the sprinkler and are reminded of our baptisms. Our bodies, our spirits, our souls are knit back together into a wonderful tapestry that reflects the glory of God known to us in Christ. So friends, come to the table. Amen. The invitation for the Lord's Supper Blessed are you who hunger for justice, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who thirst for righteousness, for you will drink deeply of the cup of joy. Blessed are you who yearn for reconciliation, for you will find peace. Blessed are you who are persecuted in the name of religion, for yours is the commonwealth of heaven. Blessed are we, for Christ calls us to his table, where there is room for everyone and plenty for all. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let us pray. Creator of the cosmos, breath of heaven, lover of us all, you are our praise, our life, our joy. You are there through desert wanderings and willful murmurings rebellious running and tears of complaint. You are there when sorrow becomes our daily food. You rescue us from ruin and anoint us with your blessing. Rising sun, soaring spirit, radiant Lord, you are there in stable and temple, in river and hillside, cross and tomb, and even beyond the grave. 
You are there in shining glory, overcoming death and welcoming us to life. You meet us in the breaking of bread and pouring out of the wine of salvation. You feed us with grace and overwhelm us with love. By your spirit, make these gifts, your body and your bread. By your spirit, make us one with you and with each other. By your spirit, make us strong that we might share your love with your blessed and broken world. Fount of mercy, fire of justice, dearest friend. Bind us to you and send us out to seek and serve and sing your praise until you gather us in glory and bright unending song. Hear us as we pray as we have been taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, as he sat at table with the disciples that night, took the bread he gave thanks to God in heaven. He blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant poured out for all for the forgiveness of sins. Drink ye all of it. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our Lord until he comes. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us come to the table. Let us commune. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this feast of grace and life. As we have been served, help us to serve our neighbors. As we have been fed, help us to feed all who are hungry. As we have been loved, help us to love the world. Because in Jesus Christ, you have loved us. Amen. Lay down a weary 
Lay down, O weary one, lay down your head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, as a weary, worn, and sad. I found him in a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one. Stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving strength stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in him. I heard the voice of Jesus say, I am this dark world's light. Look unto me, your morn shall rise, and all your day be bright. I looked to Jesus and I found in him my star, my sun. And in that light of life, I'll walk till traveling days are done. Dear friends, we look to Jesus. And in Jesus, we find our star, our sun. The light which will enlighten our paths until our traveling days are done. So... Go out into the light. Be refreshed at the springs of water, the water of life. Continue to be nourished at the table of our Lord, wherever you may find yourself. Until that time, and even past that time, when we gather together in our sanctuary and apart, to the glory of God. Go out knowing that the grace, mercy, and peace of God Almighty, Creator Christ, and Holy Spirit will be with you and will abide with you this day and always. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Because you are